Welcome to the Poe Politicking Show, created in 2008. Poe Politicking is a hip-hop meets self-help brand. With each conversation, we teach the babies and share success secrets with you, the listener. Our focus is to preserve the hip-hop culture and introduce the future upcoming stars. Past guests of the Poe Politicking Show include Yo Gotti, Megan The Stallion, The Baby, Currency, MC Light, Jay Prince, Dead Prez, Razzcast, and more. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts to get automatic updates of each episode. Keep politicking with Poe on social media at Poe Politicking. Visit our website, PoePolitikin.com, for more exclusive content. All right, y'all. Welcome back to PoePolitikin.com. Your home for self-help meets hip-hop. Right now, we're live on YouTube. But check me out on Spotify, Apple, and uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. One, two, one, two, I'm a place to be with my homie, New Jersey Weed Man. I think he, uh, he'll he be back in in a minute. He's setting up in the background. We live with him today. Thanks for coming through for another episode of Poe Politicking. This whole new year. Been doing this now for like, uh, since 2008, for 14 years now. All right, we back, man. How you doing? Oh, I'm all good. I'm all good, man. I would say, I don't know if you remember last time we talked, it was uh, 2010. I know it was a good while ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, so a lot's changed since then. Oh, I yeah, was, a, lot, a lot changed. <laughs> I, was, I was in L.A. doing my thing then. Yeah, I was going to ask you, uh, I don't even know where you want to start, man, because I said that was a long time ago since we talked, so where you want to start since then? Well, I mean, I I throw it out there. I was in L.A. when I was doing the, the, the last interview with you, like you said, like 2010, something like that. I think it was 2013 when the man came, the DEA, and shut me down, chased me out of L.A. They didn't arrest me or prosecute me. They just ran me out of town. Destroyed my business, everything. Told me I was out of business unless I wanted to uh, 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 go to the federal penitentiary. Mm. So, all right, out of business. And, you know, I came home. I came home to Jersey. And I came here. I had some issues at the time when I came home. Not only did I come home broke because they destroyed me. Uh, I had a a bout of bone cancer. Mm. So I came home that way. And after about... Two years, I got myself together, beat that uh, the cancer thing, and opened up a place in Jersey uh, called an NJ Weed Man's Joint. Officially, it was a restaurant, but yeah, I was selling weed too. Um, at some point, I got busted. I duked it out. Um, basically, took almost two years to to, to 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 chase the demons off me, to knock the state off me. And um, then I've been doing good ever since. I ain't been busted in New Jersey since since uh, uh, March of nineteen uh, two thousand seventeen. You know, I've doing been doing very well uh, to the point that my place right here in Jersey is thriving. Last February, I went down to uh, Miami and opened up a place in Miami. So. Now I'm going back and forth from uh, New Jersey to Miami every week. Um, I'm I'm doing pretty good. Matter of fact, I uh, uh, what I'm about ready to start in, in Florida is uh, cannabis cruises. I bought me a boat, nice big size big boat, about ready to get another one, and I'm gonna start doing you know urban directed cruises, you know. And of course, I'm gonna allow weed smoke in there too. <laughs> so I call them cannabis cruises. Uh oh, I don't hear your audio. I saw you just opened up a dispensary in New Jersey. Yeah, well, officially it's not really a dispensary yet. Oh, um, I just been buck wilding and saying, you know, get twelve bitches, and you know they haven't arrested me in, in years now. And in the meantime, yes, it's like a, it is a dispensary. It's just not a licensed one. And I would say, so what was, did you have a dispensary in LA, the one you said they shut down? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I had, I had one in LA right on Hollywood Boulevard. I was doing pretty good there. 
And then, like I said, the DEA came and shut me down. Yeah, I would say always, like, especially now on how they uh, legalize cannabis, every, like a lot of states, I always think about you. I was like, damn, man, what about him? Cause I know, you, like you said, you went to jail over everything. So, like, how do you feel as far as, like, the, the law on cannabis changing throughout the years? Listen, you know how Rosa Parks said she's not getting off of this bus? She ain't getting to the back? I said the same thing. I ain't getting off of this can of bus and I ain't getting to the back. So I uh, I openly started selling weed like the white guys, you know, because that's what's happening. As legalization has come, it didn't just come like, all right, legal, legalized. No, it's been corporatized and Caucasianized. They don't even call it marijuana no more. They call it cannabis. Right. You know, <laughs> you know, you know what? I, I tell people all the time, like, what, what do you think cannabis is? And they're like, it's, uh, you know, it's the real name for marijuana. I go, no, it's Caucasian acceptable marijuana. Uh, you don't go to jail for cannabis because cannabis has been made legal. While marijuana, you look at the books, they ain't changed, they ain't changed hardly none of the laws. The uh, marijuana laws are still in effect. It's still illegal. Federally, marijuana with an H is still illegal. Um, but they're making cannabis legal all over the country in different states. And I don't know, I have, I have issues with that too, but you know, it should be legal. It should be legal for everybody. Yeah, I had my um, I had one of my homegirls. Uh, she lived out here in San Diego, and she was just talking about how difficult it is for like black people to start a dispensary versus uh white people out here. Like she was talking about that when I interviewed her. So I guess like that's a thing that we have to deal with. Well, they put up a whole bunch of obstacles for us because, to be honest with you. The urban community, I don't care where I've been. I've been all over the country. I've been to every damn state in the, in the nation except Hawaii and Alaska. And the one thing I found is marijuana in every single state. Sure, when I went to like North Dakota, South Dakota, New Hampshire, Virginia, Vermont, places like that, it was hard to find it. I had to have it myself already. But pretty much everywhere else. You can find marijuana, especially in urban communities. If there's a black community, there's marijuana. So as legalization came, instead of all these communities getting legalized and all that, they put up all these obstacles that only corporations or very rich people could 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 hurdle. And that's where it came out, where we went from us going to jail three times the, the numbers of, uh, of uh, white guys to now three times, four times, nine times the amount of white guys are selling weed and we're not. I actually created a hashtag, by the way. I want your listeners to check out my hashtag. The hashtag is hashtag sell weed like I'm white. Hashtag sell weed like I'm white. That was my Rosa Parks moment. That's when I said, you know what? I'm not getting off this can of bus. I'm selling weed like I'm white. And, uh, Basically, I was at the time I was daring the state of New Jersey to arrest me because I also believe they couldn't get 12. So, you know, as far as the trial, all right, I'm selling weed just like the white guys. Let's put that on trial, you know? And I don't think they can get 12 because I would just show the picture of all the white guys that are selling weed and they got me arrested. I'm getting prosecuted. So if I hadn't had a trial and the state decided not to arrest me, they just let me go. I mean, if you had told me five years ago that that there'd be 13 legal dispensaries in the state of New Jersey, all run by rich white guys, and me, and me having the 14th one, I wouldn't have believed it. But that's basically what it is. I, You know, you Google me, you look me up. There's a dispensary directly across the street from Trenton, New Jersey's City Hall. Trenton, New Jersey's is the capital. So I got my place across the street from City Hall in the state capital, selling weed like the white guys. And, um, you know, I, I can go into detail of how, how it happened, but that'd be an all day story. But, you know, what it really comes down to is civil disobedience works. Jury nullification works. They were, you know, my civil disobedience, like I'm going to sell weed just like I'm white. Again, hashtag sell weed like I'm white. And I don't think they could get 12 if they actually prosecuted me. So that's my hashtag, NJ, like New Jersey, NJ can't get 12. Um, and my thought always was, all right, if they arrest me, we're going to have a nice big public race trial. Mm -hmm. um, and 
you know, I've had people like, oh, man, that's not right. You played the race card. I'm like, oh, it's not right because the race card is in my hand now and I get to play it. Right, the race right. card has been played against me my whole life. I can name numerous instances that I know this happened because I was black. I know this happened because I was black because somebody else had the race card and they played it against me. First time I got arrested, I went to prison. You know, you went, look at that number. How many black men, the first time they go to get arrested, how many of them go to prison compared to the first time a white guy gets arrested? You know, it's like eight times the number, nine times the number, something like that. I've seen the figures before. And, you know, that's the race card being played. The fact that marijuana is illegal was a big race card being played. You know? So now as legalization has come and only these white guys were getting, getting their licenses and the, everything was set up for them, the corporations were being set up for them. Uh, no, I just kind of refused to accept it like that and figured, okay, let's have a big race trial then. You arrest me, that's what I'm doing. I'm yelling, I'm only being prosecuted because I'm a black man selling marijuana when you let these white guys sell cannabis. You know what I'm saying? You saw they even have uh, stocks, marijuana stocks? Yeah, and there's people in prison in some states still for marijuana. You go to like Louisiana, Alabama, there are people who got life sentences, black people. They got life sentences for marijuana and they're still there. Yeah, they be trying to get you a Mississippi still for like a half an ounce. They'll, they'll arrest you like years for half an ounce. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Goddamn. Yeah. So it's kind of it's kind of crazy that, that we're I mean, it's evolving is a lot better, you know, like unless you're in Louisiana, you're still in jail for a weed charge from 1991 or something like that. Um, yeah, but it's gotten better nationwide, whether you're not getting arrested for having a joint anymore, um, to, uh, you know, law enforcement pretty much looking the other way. It's like guys like me are just openly selling weed now. Um, but things have gotten better, but they're not perfect. And it's still tainted with racism. You know, rich white guys are getting pensions and you know, penthouses and going to, you know, uh, got, got, got a, a marker on the, on the stock exchange and there's still little guys getting arrested or, or even if you're not getting arrested now, the fact that you got arrested and ruined 10 years ago, 12 years ago, is still relevant today. And, you know, you get a felony, whether it doesn't really matter what the felony is for. It's, it's just as bad as putting a big F on, the, on your forehead, you know, or numbers on on your arm or a star David on your arm, whatever, it's the same thing. You know, it it, 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 it never leaves, it ruins you, you know. Glad they don't march people in the ovens or nothing like that, but it still ruins you, you know. Uh, I, for instance, if I was a totally legit guy, I couldn't get a job at Walmart because I couldn't pass the, the criminal background check. I've been arrested numerous times for CDS, Controlled Dangerous Substance, Marijuana. You know, I can kill somebody and get a job at, at, at Walmart, but I can't be a druggie, as they said, you know. Um, and there's a lot of places like that. Like, you know, the marijuana arrest ruined you. All these guys out here making, getting ready to start making millions and stuff have been established, uh, or did, they didn't have to worry about their, their criminal background. They didn't go to prison, had a whole life ruined, you know. They end up being CEOs of some little corporation and they're jumping on the social change of marijuana and becoming rich. And to me, it feels like it was on the back of people who went to prison. Right. I'm going to ask you, um, so like <coughs> the first time I talked to you was 2010. It's 12 years later. So what like what makes you uh, like go so hard for this cause? Like what motivates you to, to keep pushing for this cause? Well, before that, in 1997, I was one of them guys that got arrested and ruined. I had a trucking business. I lived in the suburbs. I had a, you know, the house with the with the fence and the two dogs and the three kids. You know, like that's how I was living. And uh, then I got busted for weed, and just, you know, I just, I just, I just rebelled against that whole thing, that whole idea that you you gonna ruin me, ruin my whole life. So I just started fighting for a change and. I thought of the marijuana laws as being racist anyway. So to me, fighting against the marijuana laws was a righteous cause, a civil rights issue, a, a, a issue of combating racism. You know, I grew up 
basically in the late 70s, early 80s. So I looked at the 60s and the 50s, the, the, the civil rights movement as a righteous cause and, and, and all that. And I compared the two. So I took a lot of tactics and a lot of things that happened in the 50s and 60s and applied them to the, to the 90s and to the 2000s. And, and it was just my way of, of fighting the system, honoring some of the, our civil rights uh, leaders. I mean, even, even now with my whole Civil Disobedience Act and all that, I constantly attribute it to uh, Rosa Parks. You know, I constantly say, I ain't getting off this can of bus. You know, white guys are selling weed now. And they call it a cannabis business. Like, all right, I had a cannabis business too. It was a marijuana business, and they put me in prison for it. <laughs> you know, so now everything that changed, and the white guys got these corporations, and they're calling it cannabis now, and this, that, and the other. They're bribing our politicians to write the laws for them. You're like, no, I refuse to. I refuse to concede to that. I refuse to sit in the back. I refuse to. Get to the front. I mean, so many times as, as as legalization issues was hitting the, you know, I had people telling me, oh, well, you know, things ain't perfect, but just wait, just slow down. Like, no. Like, why I gotta get to the back? Why I gotta slow down? These white guys are buying out to make millions, you know? And I'm like, so I just said no. And I guess that stance was noticed by a lot of people, a lot of press over the years have covered me. If you Google me, there are thousands of newspaper articles. You know, you Google me. Um, there's there's just all kinds of quotes from me all over. I made myself, I made this a, a issue for me, sometimes to my detriment. You know, I got got put in prison before for talking and stuff like that. There were things that happened to me that just were just screwed up. Um, but in the long run, I'm the last man standing. <laughs> you know, I'm still here. Man, what you think about like you know? It's some people that be like, "Well, if your job say you shouldn't smoke, you shouldn't smoke." Well, I mean, if you got that type of job that you couldn't smoke, you can't smoke, and you knew that when you applied. So, uh -huh. trust me, there are, there are decisions that, that people have to make too. You know, I know if I wanted to be an airline pilot, for instance, I couldn't pass a, a drug test, so I shouldn't even apply for a job like that. You know, a doctor, same thing. I don't even have a problem that. That, that like you shouldn't be high and flying a plane. You shouldn't be high and doing brain surgery. I really don't think it's bad if you, if on your day off you smoke the joint for either one of those occupations. But all right, that's the rules. I mean, remember Ricky Williams? Yeah. And he was making millions and millions of dollars, but he wanted to smoke weed. And you know, I remember at, the, at one point kind of like feeling like, man, I'd have stopped smoking weed. As much as I smoke weed, I'd have stopped smoking weed to get that paycheck that the NFL was giving him. But you know, during the course of all my activism and stuff, I got to talk to him a couple times. And you know what? I don't know if I would have quit after talking to him because he felt like I did. You know, all the public talking I did and the things that happened to me because I spoke out and fought this, that, and the other, he felt the same way. But he just was in the public light, you know, being an NFL football player, you know, but he still felt the same way I did about a lot of things. And it was it it served him well. He feels better when he smokes weed. He it brings him his normal. It it was it's medicine for him. It was spiritual. Yeah. I'm gonna say, especially with those like with any athletes, I think the weed is better than taking shots or taking pills. Even even with the uh like man, the psychology medicine, man. Like they have you taking that medicine, bro. Like weed better than a lot of this medicine they try to give to you. But I don't know why they try to put the weed in the bad light. That that was racism. That was that that race card they played way back when. You know. Um. Again, that's what I be talking about. You know, some of your listeners probably know. I mean, they made it illegal by claiming it was. The weed of the witches, the herb of the devil, uh, Mexicans were smoking it, black guys smoked it and had it's sex with white women. Even though I have to tell you something about that. I've never had sex with a white woman who didn't smoke weed. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, so maybe you got a point there. <laughs> no, nah, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I've joked about that before, though. 
uh, Harry Anslinger is a famous quote from Harry Anslinger, one of them, uh, where he say that uh, smoking smoking marijuana causes white women to have sex with black men. And I would always joke. I was always joke. Well, well, I don't know if it caused them to do it, but I know one thing: every white woman I ever was with smoked weed. But just about every woman, just about every single woman I've ever been with smokes weed. But this is yeah. I think it's just law of attraction. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, like I don't like drunks. I don't like women who drink. You know, so man, you know, if I find a, a woman who's doing coke, I don't want nothing to do with it. Church girl, woman who doesn't do nothing. I can't deal with her either, though. <laughs> but a woman who smokes weed, like, yeah, we share that in common. Like, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I've joked that every white woman I've ever been with did smoke weed. So maybe Harry Angsler had something going for it. <laughs> maybe everything you said wasn't true. I would say, what do you think about the, uh, the quality of the weed? You think it got better or it got worse? Oh, I think it got extremely better. Um, Sometimes I talk to people a little bit older than me and they swear the weed from the 70s was better, but I don't see how that's possible. Um, you know, now there's so many grow techniques and strains have been developed and, you know, the, the, no, the, weed, the weed today is a lot better. People growing indoor weed right now are, you know, let me change this screen. I, I'm looking like a like an angel or something, that light coming in the window. Yeah, we're <laughs> <laughs> it's still, uh, I can't fix it. I, I'm in the wrong spot. There we go. Nope, still got it. I'm in my bedroom. Anyway, um, no, I think the weed is a lot better nowadays. You know, and look where you at. You in, you in San Diego, man. Some of the best weed in the world is being grown in indoor facilities in Southern California. You know, uh, you know, the Northern California guys got a lot of good strains and all that. The best weed in the world is grown in California now. And it's been like that for at least 30 years. Yeah. Um, sure, you can say that there is weed in Northern India, the original home of the ganja plant, all that, and Kush and all that is from there. And they're growing naturally and this, that, and the other and is good. I, I believe that it is. You go to the Becca Valley in Lebanon or out that way, they're growing some great hash. You know, they're, 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 they're like world famous, right? But those strains made it to uh, California. Other strains made it to California. California's got some of the best weather in the world. And them hippies in the, in the, in the 70s, they, they, they got something going. They developed a illegal marijuana industry in California that has thrived for 30 years. All these other states that are coming online are still 30 years behind California. I like when these guys from Colorado try to act like they got the best weed. And I just laugh at them. And I'm not from California, so I'm not repping California. I'm from New Jersey, you know? But you hear these guys talk. I think the best weed in the world is grown in California. Uh, Oregon, it's practically the same. That's the next northern, northern yeah, they same coast. You know, same coast. The climate's almost the same. But them guys in Oregon, Washington State, California are growing some of the best weed in the world. Um, you know, will Colorado catch up? Yeah, they will. I mean, guys, guys in New Jersey are growing indoor right now too. Guys in Maine are growing pretty good. You know, so I heard. Uh, I don't know if you heard about this, man, because I'm from Mississippi, but I heard they were talking about um, one of the colleges out there, like Ole Miss. They got a whole lab and shit. So it'd be like colleges with weed labs and shit. Well, you know, the government, I think it's Mississippi or is it Tennessee? The government's, uh, where the government grows this marijuana at. The federal mm -hmm. government grows marijuana. I believe it is in Mississippi. Um, it has a whole farm wow. where, where they grow weed. And there's a lot of co colleges around the country now are developing courses. Yeah. Deal with cannabis. So you're saying Ole Miss. I'm not, I don't know about that because I don't follow Mississippi uh, rules, but uh, um, like in New Jersey, we got Stockton College and Rowan University, both and Rutgers all have some type of uh, cannabis uh, studies going on. Then, um, I'm actually, what's the government selling weed, um, growing weed for? Uh, they say for studies, there was a, uh, 
there was a group of patients for a while, for years, that uh, the federal government grew their marijuana. You can still look it up. It's only, it used to be like seven. It was like 21 of them at one point. I remember a few years ago, they looked in and there were seven of them still alive. And right now, I think it's only two or three. That's um, right. Good life right there, huh? Yeah, they've been getting 300 points <laughs> of marijuana since the 80s. She the government's uh, 300 a month. I think one guy's name is something McCormick. I can't, uh, I can't remember his name. He has a bone condition very similar to the bone condition I had. I remember saying that I could use his case to try to get me some medical marijuana, too. That was years ago. Um, L.V. Masuka, that was her name. L.V. Masuka is an older white lady. She had glaucoma. And the government's been giving her marijuana 300 joints a, a month for 30 years. They blazing, um, too. How many is that a day? I mean, you know, have to do it every day. Yes. That's, that's 10, 10 a day. day. That's 10 a day. Yeah, I don't yeah. think they're smoking that many. They but smoke like smoking. Got them <laughs> open their mouth. They smoke some of it. I've gone to events and different people that, 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 that received the government weed was there. Mm. And I ended up tasting it. It was a step above uh, above uh, some Mexican swag. Oh, okay. It wasn't, wasn't nothing to be proud of. Oh, what are you smoking right now? Um, man, I got so many strains of weed. Sometimes I don't even know. And, oh. and in this particular case, I'm sitting in front of my computer, so I got all these like roaches where I started smoking something good, put it out. Yeah. Just damn, when I was talking to you, I just um, picked one up up and yeah, just lit. So I don't know what it is. It ain't big as yours, but I got my little tray too. Exactly. <laughs> I say, did you? I remember. Um, Last time I talked to you too, you had wrote a book. You got any more books since then? Yeah, three of them actually. Wow. Okay. And, and I got one. I got actually two right now that are just incomplete. Um, one of them I actually was going to self-publish not too long ago, and the crazy part about it is too long. <laughs> it's eight hundred pages, and I couldn't get it uh published as self-published with eight hundred pages. Um, there are other ways to do it. And then I have I have a guy who's writing a book, a was it autobiography or biography? I'm assisting him on writing a, a biography of me. And we're gonna be co-writers. So um I think uh yeah, I think uh that's gonna happen pretty soon. Matter of fact, I have even man, I'm I, yeah, if you go to Amazon and just put me in there, Amazon, just put NJ Weedman in, in the search engine, so all the Amazon books come up. But um, I don't know. I, 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 I guess I can drop this. I kind of hinted about it a couple times before, but I think this is getting ready to be a major, major movie with featuring me or my life. My life. Who would you um, like to play your, play your part? What actor? Um... What's his name that uh, played in the uh, flow in uh... Oh, Terrence Martin? Is that his name? Oh, so in flow? Yeah, 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 yeah. Terrence Howard. Yeah, yeah, my bad. Yeah, Terrence I Howard. Think... That's his boy. Yeah, yeah. I, I like I like him. Cuba Gooding. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Philip Michael Thomas is too old. <laughs> uh, <laughs> back with that one. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you. But maybe your boy from Chicago, if he hadn't did that whole fake shit, threw some dreads on him, he probably could have did good. Uh, uh, Smollett, Smollett. <laughs> yeah, man, he kind of messed that one up, man. Yeah. He messed that one up. That was who, so obvious. Who will be your leading lady? Oh, my God, please don't tell me that. Don't give me a choice <laughs> for that. Listen, I'm old school, so Lisa Bonet is on my radar. Okay. Holly Berry, you know, Lisa Bonet and Holly Berry. And then, um, uh, what's the Washington girl? Oh, man, I can't remember her name. Hey, yeah. Man, I'd love to just talk to her one day. You know, oh. just, just talk to her. Um, 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 um. Man, I can't remember her name. She plays in a lot of movies, man. Now that you were, uh, what genre would, it, would your movie be? I think it'd be crime, true life crime. Okay. Yeah, but I would be the I would I I'd be the hero though. Like all all crimes, I don't think are bad. You know, we like 
Helping an escaped slave is not a bad law to break. Marijuana, same thing. So even though, yes, technically I've been a criminal for pretty much my whole life. Selling weed, consuming weed, all that. So I've been a criminal. So it would be under the true life crime stories. And that's what I was getting ready to say my little hint was about. Is uh, You know who uh, Seth Farantini is? Mm. Well, Seth Farantini is kind of a famous writer, producer, all that. He spent some time in prison, but he's 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 famous for his true life, true life renditions, and he's oh. been making movies and documentaries. And I've been uh, kind of in discussions with him the last couple months. Matter of fact, uh, in the next few days, I got I got to book a flight to San Francisco area to meet up with him again. Um, but. He got a, a Emmy or a Grammy or whatever it is a couple couple like two years ago for that movie White Boy Mike, White Boy Rick. Yeah. Look like he do uh, Vice TV stuff too. Yeah, he do. Yeah, yeah. I've seen him on something. I even seen him on like CNN one day talking about some court case. Mm. Um, but yeah, so so me and him are in discussion. So I think that's gonna be that's gonna be bigger than the book. I think the books that I have I have written are gonna end up being kind of supported by the movie. Yeah, I say, are you, so is your goal to, like, be mainstream? Yeah, but you know what I think? I think society caught up to me. I didn't turn around and somehow start conforming to society's rules on marijuana and somehow blend it in. No, society caught up to me. (laughs) I've been publicly talking about consuming, sharing, smuggling, growing marijuana for the last 30 something years. So society's caught up to me. And I don't know, sometimes I mean, I went from zero to hero. And in some places I am considered a hero. Around here, where I live at, here in Trenton, New Jersey, I'm considered a hero. I'm a little celebrity, everything. If I stand on the street just smoking a cigarette, smoking a joint for a minute, I'll smoke a cigarette. Smoking a joint. Cars blow their horn at me, people wave. I'm across the street from City Hall. The, the mayor, is my neighbor. <laughs> you know, I joke with the mayor. I've seen the mayor outside and I yell to him, hey, neighbor, can I borrow some sugar? You know what I mean? He laughs, we joke. Um, he uh, he comes to my restaurant. I have a restaurant across the street. So he's coming to my restaurant. Yeah, I, I, I feel like I've become mainstream. 30 years ago, me being cool with a mayor of any town would not have happened. I would have been considered a criminal. They didn't want no parts of me. Wouldn't want me near them. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, I have a, I have I have commercials that run on TV. NJ Weedman uh, uh, Joint Restaurant, and everybody knows at the restaurant not only can you buy chicken wings, you can get an eighth or an ounce too. <laughs> Is it like that movie The Trap where they put the weed in the chicken and stuff like that? <laughs> you remember that only, movie? Only if you ask for it. Uh, Listen, I got commercials. Now, I wish I had known this was going to come up. I'd have, I'd have sent you links to my commercials. I got commercials, and some of them air on TV. Um, I have a commercial right now. Today, the Eagles are playing today on ESPN. And in two counties in New Jersey, the county I'm in, Mercer County, and my restaurant's in, and the county just south of here, Burlington, I run com- I'm run. i running commercials on Comcast system on ESPN. So hundreds of thousands of people are going to be watching the Eagles game today. And they're gonna see my commercials. Now, in my commercials, I tout not only chicken wings, but weed man sauce. Uh, weed man sauce <clears throat> is a barbecue sauce. <laughs> and you put it on everything. Now, <clears throat> hinting here without acknowledging anything, but I think that's a major coup that I could never have gotten that off years ago. I could have never gotten that off years ago, having commercials about my restaurant, NJ Weed Man's Joint. I mean, there was a commercial, there was one commercial I, that, that I tried to air, they wouldn't let me air it because it was uh, uh, it, in the song, it said you got eight ounces and, and chicken wings. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I could find, you know what? I don't know how to use Zoom that, Zoom that good, but I could find that. It's on YouTube, and I can see the link to my commercial. So in your, in your 
in your show, in the edits, whatever, drop these commercials in there. All just, right. Just be talking about it. Um, She'll be fun. Oh, it's easy to find. Wait, wait, wait. What did I just do, though? I, I don't know how to use it where I could play something. In the MJ joints? I see him. I could play, yeah. uh, let me see, NJ Weedman joints. Commercial. There's a playlist for the commercial. Yeah, I think <laughs> I got it. Oh, hey man, I got to find it now, too. Oh, shoot. They promos? I think. I'm, I, I can't I can't get there for some reason right now. Oh. Uh, um. I'll find it. Yeah, promo promos is one, but there's a there's a couple. Yeah, I don't know what's wrong with my uh, my search engine is not working on YouTube. Hmm. I usually don't use this computer, so this computer's not all pre set up for stuff. Yeah, I was trying to find it myself. Oh shoot! Yeah, now I got too many computers. There was a time I didn't have no computers. Now I got too many. Um, yeah, on a playlist. You say uh, the weed man, so weed man sauce. Yeah, I'm trying to find the exact commercial I'm talking about. So uh, you can see. Uh, and we can keep talking. I, I I'll get back to it. It's, it's the promos is one, but that's not the one. It's, it's commercials. I know I had joint commercials. It says commercials. But I'm looking through all the playlists and I don't see them for some reason. Yeah. Now I'm gonna ask you uh when you was talking about a hero, what's your definition of a hero? Somebody the community looks up to. Hmm. And there's a lot of people in this area who look up to me. Oh yeah, here it is. Oh, you got it. Welcome to NJ Weedman's joint. Search for it. Yeah, I think this is it, yeah. But there's a bunch of commercials, like 30 commercials on here. Most of them are for the internet. But there's about four or five of them that that ran on TV. Mm. Um, I'm gonna throw you a chat. Oh yeah, I can show, show one right now. There you go. Right, I think that link. You click that link. Search I can play this one right quick. Yeah, but that's not for the commercial. That's actually not for the. Um, Wait a minute. That's not a commercial. That's like for the whole restaurant. Uh -oh. oh, here's one. Here's we one. got plus, got that chicken, uh -huh. got mac and cheese, ace and ounces in the kitchen. You try to smoke, I'm down. you try to eat. Now let me show you what you All right, I'm going to send you one. You're going to like this one. Play this. <laughs> I like this one. All right, you chat. All right. That that link right there. All right, here we go. Hold on. Let me share my screen. That one they wouldn't let me run actually on TV. As I'm looking through all these commercials, though, I see three, four of them that they did that from. We got blocks, got lots of chicken, uh -huh. got mac and cheese, ace and ounces in the kitchen. Say, you try to smoke, I'm down. you try to eat. Hell now no. let me show everybody now where we hey, be. Yo, where you be at? We at the joint, what? the weed man's joint. Who? If your mama stole your ass, come, come yo, along. Got what you want, got what you need. That's right. Shake your wings and fry the blood weed. Yo, where is the sauce? Welcome to NJ Weed Man's joint. Search for hey, uh, was that Red Man? No. Oh. Just, just, just this kid from Jersey. 
named uh, Rico Rodriguez. This is uh, Cali the Chef. He calls himself that's his, that's his public name, Cali the Chef. Uh oh, what's that? Something came on afterwards. Let me make sure it ain't my shit. Yeah, I would like to go there though. Shit, if I'm in New Jersey, I gotta stop by. That's my first I was saying, I couldn't figure out how to cut this all this sound off. Okay, there uh, we go. There we go. It's gone. Sorry about that. Yeah, that's who the cooks right now. Say that again. The cooks at the restaurant. Oh, I got shoot, man. I got like four cooks, five cooks. So, a husband and wife team, a black and white couple. They're they're cooks. They cook together. Usually on the same shift. A guy named Steve. He calls himself Sativa Steve now. White guy. He been there. Uh, uh, over two years now, I got a uh, Shante, uh, black woman, thirty um, something, right at right at forty years old. Um, great cook. She's uh, as that uh, that uh, that 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 the mama's touch. She got a little secret menu. She calls it, which is cool. People come in as the regular menu. This that the other one. She's working. She got her secret menu in. You know, people. Ask her to cook. Really, her secret menu is she can cook anything. If she got it there, she can cook it. So people come in and do special orders for her. Y'all yeah. ask you, how did you come up with the menu? A lot of it's weed theme, but I don't know. When I first opened, I tried to do really, like, have a lot of vegan options, have a lot of uh, healthy options. But listen, I got to tell you, I got to tell you something. People don't want to eat healthy. Uh. You know? <laughs> There, there are people that do, but the vast majority of people, they want to eat what they like. And, mm. and as a business owner, I learned trying to have a vegan place or this whole um, vegetarian type of place, to me, I wasn't successful at doing that. Um, but some fried chicken, some cheese sticks, some, some you know... Uh, you know, different, different, quick, quick, munchy food. Yes, that that's worked well, and it, and it goes more with my theme, I guess. This whole weed theme is more like I have munchy food, right. not, maybe not no like a like a, 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 a hippie type vegetarian stuff. No, we we offer that though. I mean, we have we have a vegan soup. Okay, in fact, it's, uh, we use the menu with uh, Willie Nelson. Willie Nelson has a big vegan. Is a big vegan guy. And he has a soup called Willie Nelson Soup. And his his recipe is online. So you just go look his recipe up. And then here you go cook, make this, and keep this on the menu. So that's what we, we did that a couple of years ago. And there are people who come and get that all the time. Um, the Impossible Burgers and those different vegan burgers and um, veggie burgers, we do offer them. But they don't sell nearly 
as much as the the hamburgers do. Mm-hmm. They don't sell nearly as much as you know fried chicken do. You know, uh, it is what it is. Um, you know, even like smoothies and stuff. We sell smoothies. We sell a lot of smoothies, but some people walk right in for the soda, the soda machine. And they go right to. It doesn't matter. You got smoothies over there. It doesn't matter. There's a whole bunch of water there. They don't, they don't want that. They want Coca Cola. Mm. They want Sprite. So we we do offer it to them. So talking about coming with how you come up with the menu, you got you got to put up what people want. To be honest with you and. I have a whole pot smoking crowd, in and out crowd, um, transitional crowd, you know, like that's what I get. So people are coming in, they want a burger, they want a cheesesteak, they want, they want all these little fast things, you know, empanadas. We sell a lot of empanadas here, you know, um, tacos. We sell a lot of tacos. Mm-hmm. And those are what kind of, like, what kind of tacos, like carne asada? Uh, several different types. Uh, not, not not so much party asada, but like uh, shrimp tacos, chicken tacos, veggie tacos. That's the, we pretty and I think it's cheese. We got like four that any time we can do it. If somebody really walked in and asked for something fancy, my cooks can make it make a different type of taco. You know, they could take the cheesesteak meat, for instance, and make a carne asada. Mm-hmm. You know, um, if they had to, if somebody really wanted them to, um, I gotta ask them somebody if anybody ever did that. <laughs> that might you know, be a, a, new, a new meal right there. Yeah, and, and, you know, I named a couple of the items on our menu after local New Jersey celebrities. So, you know, like there's a radio station in New Jersey, and they have it's a talk show, one hundred one point five. It's the biggest talk show in the state. And on my menu, I I named a couple items after the host on the menu. And at one time or another, all those hosts have talked about their sandwich at um, you know, on my menu. You know, and was it a publicity gift stunt? Yeah, did it get me some did it work? It was successful if it was, because you know, that's free advertisement. And they're happy about it because, like, I became like a little celebrity. Like, so I have like Dennis and Judy. Dennis and Judy are are these wraps. You get one one flavor, another the other flavor, but it's two. But Dennis and Judy are a male female talk show host, and they're they're in the morning, like ten to two. So when they talk about things at ten to two, man, a whole lot of the state hears them. So on that station, I'm very well known by its audience. So. Uh, naming a sandwich after them. And, and then over the years, they've always reported on me too. Mm. So things were going bad for me. They spoke to, 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 to the public about me. So so I rewarded them with the naming, you know, something on my menu after them. There's a guy named Steve Trevelis. He, he is like a nighttime guy, like 7 to 11 or something like that. It's his hours. And he has a little, his show is not as serious as Dennis and Judy's. And he laughs and jokes. Sometimes he's like a Trumpster. Like I, I want to pull some dreads out, but you know, he, he's, he's a comedian. Like that's what he does on the side. He's a comedian. He's a you know, cool dude. And I named a, it's really a chicken parmesan sandwich after him. He's a, he's an Italian guy named Steve Trevelis. So we named our uh, chicken parmesan sandwich the Trevelis. Uh, and hey, when he found out that he had a he had a sandwich named after him. I'd say he said he talks about every every couple months, maybe every other month. Yeah, he talks about the fact that he has a sandwich at and named after him at one hundred one point five. And I don't think nowhere else in the state any restaurant has done that. So he talks about his sandwich, and you can always go down to Wee Man's Joint and get the, get the Trevelis. You know, and to me, I couldn't. I could now. I can't. But a while ago. I couldn't afford it to to get a commercial on 101.5, let alone the host just just talking about it. And 
people call up and ask them about it. They come to my restaurant, they get it. And I've heard people say, hey, I went to Weed Man's joint and I got the Trevelis. It was a great sandwich. And he's like, yeah, yeah. You know, he talked. Then, then, then for half an hour, people were talking about my sandwich from, or me. Making it really too. That's free. That's good promotion. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I did that with the menu. I, uh, you know, we have, and I have a staff here, you know, so sometimes when I sit there and say, I, 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 me, 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 it, it really isn't I, 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 me, me, me. Um, I couldn't do most of the things I do if I didn't have a staff or people who are like close to me, the crew to get a lot of things I, I get done. Uh, I'm a good delegator though, and I can recognize people sometimes. When I recognize certain skills, I just get them on my team. Mm. I won't run with it. So, so even now, me being able to go back and forth to Florida, to New Jersey, to get into other things, to be talking about, you know, my trips to California, trying to get into that industry again, or the, the movie entertainment industry again. Um, I couldn't do that if nobody was home making a shop run. And a shop is a lot more intricate than people would think. People think, oh, it's got a restaurant. Yeah, but it's a whole team. It's like 22 people work there. Different shifts. Um, and all, it all got to blend to make it work. People have, you know, I, I look at my Google reviews almost every day. I mostly, like 90-something percent, get good reviews. Sometimes there's haters, I think, you know, and then there's sometimes there are people who have bad experience and I, I feel bad about it. I, I usually show my employees like, yo, look at this Google review. Um, sometimes right away they remember it and they recognize it. Other times like, man, that person's just a hater, just said something that didn't mean nothing, just to throw some negativity out there. But again, it's the staff, my staff, uh, Runs everything, even down in uh, and even down in um, in Florida. And by the way, I have four daughters and one son. Three of my daughters are grown, and they work at my place in New Jersey. Uh, one daughter is still a minor, and she still works there. She just works behind the counter, and you know she's the counter girl. Um, and my son is in Florida, running the Joint of Miami. That's the name of the club that uh. Do we do we do we open in uh in Miami? I'm gonna send you a link to that. It's the joint of Miami.com. So what kind of club is it? And it's Miami Club. Oh. <laughs> it's uh music. Um yeah, it's a music club, you know. Can you smoke in there? Yes. 420 friendly, all that. I can show it right quick. Let me scroll down and show it. There's some there's some decent videos on there if you want to look at. There you go. There it is right there. Yep, that's the outside. That's really what the outside looks like. Wow. Okay. And that building to the right, to the right there, the white building. Oh, uh, right here. Yeah. And, yes. I, I just got that. And so now that building is getting ready to get painted too. And it's going to be the biggest uh, club in Miami. You say your son's running it? My son runs that. If you go all the way back up to the top, scroll back up to the top, all the way over to your left, uh -huh. up the top, the little three little dots. Yeah. Three little lines up top. Oh, wait a minute. I don't see it on yours. Well, hit about us. Yeah, see staff? Yeah, hit yeah. about us, and then staff. There's my son right there. Okay. So he's the CEO. Essence, my my niece, that's my sister's daughter. They're both running it. It's their, it's their baby. I was the founder. That actually, that title needs to change from owner to founder. Um. Yeah. And this is this is some of my staff. To be honest with you, there should be there's one or two shouldn't be up there no more. <laughs> and one or, two, one or two should be up. Uh, that in a minute. But there's videos. If you go to the homepage, click home and scroll down. There's a couple of decent videos. Um, yeah, even that one right there. That was a good one. 
What's up, man? It's Alamo Live and Direct. Just want to let y'all know what's going on. Live from Miami, the Wynwood section. Welcome to the joint of Miami. Let's go. That's a VIP area. Yeah, I would say that's one thing too. Is like sometimes it's like even though they got the uh, marijuana legal, it's still gonna be a lot of places you can go smoke freely out there. Right. So that's cool when you got places like your place. Right. So that's that's what I did. <coughs> I created a place that that is marijuana friendly, where people can come and smoke. And listen, I I've been in plenty of bars. You know, I like going to bars. Because I go socialize, you know? I'm not a drunk, and I don't really like drunks, you know? I'd rather go to a place to, to, to emphasize marijuana more anyway. If I went to a place, a hash bar and stuff like that, where you just get the you smoke weed, still get the whole club music vibe, I would like it. So I built it. Um, now, can, is that really 100% legal yet? No, I'm, I'm, I'm at the line. I'm allowing people to smoke. I don't sell it there, but I openly allow people to smoke there. I'm actually catering to those type of people. I want them to come to my place. I say catering to the cannabis consuming community. Um, and ultimately, there's going to come a day that there's going to be a lot of places like this to cater to potheads that, that recognize this, this particular segment of society and provide things for them. And, you know, that's coming. Wow, you know what? I haven't looked at this website in a while, but I got to do some very, some, some real updating on this. <laughs> I'm going to say, uh, what would you like to say to your fans and supporters? Um, Hey, come through the joint one day. Either one of us, whether it's the joint of Miami or the joint in Trenton, New Jersey. Um, come check it out. You know, we're uh, weed friendly, whether we're at the restaurant in New Jersey where, um, you know, we... We sell eight ounces and chicken wings. Or mm. um, in Florida, where we're allowing this club to just be a big, you know, uh, a weed club. I mean, calling it and naming it the Joint of Miami. That's what that is. Mm. You know, um, trying to get the attention of, uh, yeah, trying to get the attention of people who smoke weed. Mm. Oh, you know what? I didn't mention this. But I was trying to do uh, cannabis cruises too. Yeah, you said, you mentioned it. Yeah. Now, right there on the home page, there, right. Scroll down where it says cannabis cruises. You see that on my on the joint of Miami page. Playing your video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, and then click here. You hit click here where it says cannabis cruises. Click here. Let me share my screen. Yeah. All right, now scroll down. Keep going. There's a video underneath that picture of me and my little belly hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> that, that video right there, click on that video. Oh shit, I'm trying to... Thank you. 
That's the vibe. Yeah, that's it right there. That's the that's the boat cruises I'm trying to put together, all associated with um, the joint of Miami. Both the boats, the, the boats named the joint of Miami. The the uh, everything is geared towards the joint of Miami. And when when people travel, I'm looking for potheads around the country who want to travel down to uh, New Jersey or travel down to Florida, and they're seeking a little weed experience along with their South Florida experience, the club, the boat, the water, all that. So I'm putting it all together. Um, you know, if you're a member of, of the joint, you can ride the boat. You, you have access to the boat, you know, uh, jet skis. Um, and yeah, I, I'm catering to, to potheads who travel, you know? They're everywhere. <laughs> yeah. All right, man, I want to say thanks for coming through politicking with me. No problem, man. No problem. Glad to see you doing good for yourself. I'm trying. I'm trying. You know, the government is not on everybody's back no more like they were before. You know, like I said, I feel like the last man standing around here. Um, And, you know, once you have the government off your back, man, you're free to, you're free to, make money or live your life. And that's what I feel like I'm doing right now. I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm preparing for retirement. I'm trying to pass on or create some generational wealth for my kids. I got my kids working with me, you know, I'm trying. Somebody was joking with me the other day. I wasn't sure if I could call it this or if I, uh, they was joking and they was calling us, me and my family, my kids, yeah. the, the yeah. Kardashians of Kush. Hmm. And I kind of laughed about it, but they were like, "Man, all everybody's all involved. Like everybody's involved in this whole thing." And um, I don't know. I just want to pass this whole generational wealth off. If if somebody you know should make money in this industry, I do believe it should be the victims of uh, the war on drugs. And why I feel like I was a victim of the war on drugs, but I also know my kids were. You know, when I was in prison. My kids suffered. When I couldn't get a job, my kids suffered. Couldn't get a job because our daddy was a was a was a was, was arrested a few times for weed and you know whatever. Can't get a job at Walmart. And those arrests changed my life a lot. I had to wiggle through and figure it out uh, with a felony for weed, this that and the other. So, but I still feel like they were victims. And now they're they're getting the they're getting the benefit of it. And that's my goal right now. At this at this point in my life. I feel like I won certain things, but in my twenties and thirties, when I should have been generating wealth, instead I was fighting the man and getting locked up and this, that, and the other. At this point in my life, I want to help you know do things for for my kids as I prepare for my retirement. <laughs> you know, like I'm at that age that I want to I want to be the dude just just chilling in Florida too. So let me let me build this thing up in Florida, catering to potheads and the restaurant in New Jersey, keep on doing this thing. There's gonna come a time people are gonna be like, where is he? He just totally disappeared. Like, yep, don't worry, I ain't disappeared. I'm sitting on a boat somewhere in the Caribbean. That's where I'll be. <laughs> That's what I wanna do. Live in cheap. Give everything, anything I, I develop in the next couple of years is gonna end up in my kids' hands. All I need to do is take a few dollars with me as I go sailing off into the Caribbean, and uh, one day, day I get I guess I can get all the kids to get a, get a little back room or something for me when I come crash sometimes. But yeah. other than that, I'm 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 kind of done with the whole public 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 uh, activism anyway. I'm I'm trying to shut down and prepare for it. That's what's up. Then how can people uh, reach you? They can go to the joint for sure. <laughs> one or the other. I'm there. I'm at, I'm at one or the other just about every day. Um, right now, I'm in Trent, New Jersey. Um, 
So I was at the joint a little while ago. I'm getting ready to go back over there. Um, and when I'm in Florida, I'm at the joint. Um, but to, to reach me, oh my goodness, man, I have so many problems lately with uh, social media and emails and everything. Man, I got hackers. I got. I, I became famous. I, I became the target of all these people who fake me. There's so many fake weed man Instagrams out there. Mm. Um, I have my own Instagram, NJ Weedman. Right now, that still exists, NJ Weedman. But like the joint of Miami, somebody, some faker took it over. I've had one issue after another issue. Actually, I just made a lot of national news just because I was complaining about Instagram. Mm. Um, my own website, njweedman.com, something just happened to that. I was on the phone for two hours this morning. I've had that website for 20 years, njweedman.com. And couple of days ago it went down i'm still trying to get it back up mm. but yeah if you want anybody want to get in touch with me i guess instagram facebook nj weed man all right. all right it was a uh, great talking to you again man thank you thank you all right we out good talking to you too thank you and your audience check me out njweedman.com or instagram njweedman Definitely with my uh, locations too. The Joint of Miami. Check out thejointofmiami.com. Same thing in New Jersey. NJ Weedman's Joint. NJ Weedman's Joint on Facebook. NJ Weedman's Joint.com. Hey, right, bro. It was nice talking to you again. You stay up. You too. Thanks, man. Peace. Peace.